Hi, I'm Lee Neese, and this is Pixels, a Harbor City Photography Club podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This podcast is a series of discussions focusing on basic concepts in photography. It's aimed at our club members and newer photographers. Most of the time, we'll dip a toe in the shallow end to give some perspective on a given topic. Sometimes, we'll showcase a club member or a guest, and occasionally, we'll offer a review. I hope it will always be interesting and informative for you, the listener. Welcome back to the Pixels podcast for June 2022. This month's episode is all about camera lenses. So one of the most important elements of your gear is your lens or lenses. It's arguably more important than the body. Good glass is the most important element to good quality images. Our discussion this month is going to be about lenses in general, and it's not a lens buying guide. Although, if there's interest in that, we could consider doing that for a future episode. I'd also like to mention that if you're so inclined, you can do a deep dive into numbers and charts and other things that will make your eyes glaze over. But I am not so inclined, so my goal here is to keep it light, and with that being said, there's a lot to think about when it comes to lenses. Before we get into the lenses themselves, here's a few things for you to think about. What lens mount does your camera use? I have a few Fuji bodies, but they all use the X-mount system. What focal length do you use most often? Now, this is easy if you always use a prime lens because you only have one focal length. But if you use a zoom lens, let's say uh, 16 to 24, 16 to 35, which of those focal lengths do you use most often? And do you know which one that is? What's the widest aperture, the most open aperture on your most used lens? Do you know what that is? And finally, do you know what the thread size is on your favorite lens? So if you were going to buy, for example, a polarizing filter or an ND filter for the front of your lens, do you know what size you'd buy? It's there. Have a look if you don't know. Okay, let's get into how lenses work. A lens is an arrangement of convex and concave glass elements arranged in groups that limit direct and focus light to the camera's sensor in order to create an image. Now, there's a couple of types of focusing. Manual focus, this is uh, you know old school style lens or if you have a vintage lens that you like to use on your camera. Most modern lenses will also allow you to manually focus, but when we think of focusing, we often think of autofocus. And this is where the camera or the electronics in the lens uh, does the heavy lifting to find the focal point. And often the photographer can choose a focus point or a zone, but it's the camera and the algorithms that are doing the focusing for you. Stabilization. Many modern lenses have built-in IS or image stabilization. This allows for longer shutter times handheld, and it helps to correct for camera shake. As uh, many of us get older, sometimes we're not quite as stable as we used to be. Minimum focus distance. Every lens has a minimum focus distance, which is how close you can get and still attain focus. 
Something that confused me, and I'm just going to mention really briefly here, when I first started, fast lenses and slow lenses. So a fast lens is something that has a wide aperture, usually f2.8 or greater, uh, f2, f1.8, and so on. Often prime lenses and more expensive zooms might have this. A slow lens is usually considered to be something that has f4 or slower. And you'll often see this in zooms. And often in cheaper lenses, they have a variable f-stop, which means, uh, for example, an 18 to 55 kit lens might have a 3.5 f-stop at 18 millimeters, but at 55, it's 5.6, right? So it's a variable um, f-stop. Types of lenses. I'm going to talk about um, two basic groups in a minute, but right now I just want to um, mention a few things. Different manufacturers have different ranges of lenses and options for those lenses. And, and something to keep in mind is that all lenses, no matter how expensive or how cheap, have compromises. This is the nature of capturing light through a lens onto a sensor. There's always compromise that happens. However, it needs to be said that for the most part, a more expensive lens will have better optics, better glass. It'll have better build quality. It's often more rugged and has things like weather sealing. It's usually smoother operating and has a wider aperture than a, um, a cheaper counterpart. But something to be aware of, and this was something that I was not aware of for a long time. There are full frame crop micro four thirds, and there are many varieties of camera sensors. Your camera sensor, the size of your sensor, has an impact on how the lens sees the world. And what I mean by this is the field of view of your lens. So let me explain. On a full frame camera, a 50 millimeter lens is 50 millimeters. But on my Fuji camera, for example, which is a crop sensor with a 1.5 times crop factor, the Fuji 50 millimeter prime lens has a field of view that is equivalent to a 75 millimeter full frame lens. So 50 times 1.5. This is something that confused me, and I wish camera manufacturers would label their lenses uh, with something that was a little bit easier uh, to understand. But it's important for you to recognize that if you have um, something, as many of us, most of us probably do, something that's not a full-frame uh, camera body, the lens might say 50 millimeters, but it actually has a different field of view than a traditional 50 millimeter lens, right? So for example, again, coming back to my Fuji, if I want a 50 millimeter field of view on my Fuji, a traditional kind of street shooting lens, I use a 35. I know it can get a little bit confusing and try not to go down that rabbit hole. But if you're interested, dig around. It's not that hard to understand, but you need to know what your camera's crop sensor is or, or micro four thirds and what the crop factor is. And then you can kind of figure out it does have an impact on what your lens sees. Okay. 
There are two basic groups of lenses, but I'm also going to mention some specialty lenses when we're done talking about the two basic groups. So you have prime lenses, and primes are kind of like the gold standard. They are one focal length, 50 millimeters, 35 millimeters, 23 millimeters, whatever it is. They have fewer elements and therefore fewer compromises. They almost always have better optics than a zoom lens. And they usually offer wider apertures than you can get on a zoom lens. So they might even go down to f1.2. I've seen some lenses uh, that have an f0.9 aperture, uh, huge opening. The downside, of course, is that you have to zoom with your feet, and that means getting closer or further away by moving your body. Uh, not really a downside, but some people see it that way. Now, zooms are super convenient. A zoom lens contains a range of focal lengths all in the same lens. So you could have a 16 to 35 zoom or a 70 to 200 zoom. Now, while they're convenient, they have more elements which usually leads to more groups, more glass. So they're bigger, they're heavier, and there are more compromises because there's more glass, which means they are often less sharp than a prime of the same focal length. So if I take my 16 to 80 and I put it at 50 millimeters and I take a picture and I put my 50 millimeter prime, chances are likely my 50 millimeter prime is gonna take a sharper photo. Now, sharpness is not everything. However, it's something to be aware of when you're talking about lenses. So kinds of zooms, your kit lens. It's often the one that's bundled with the body of a camera and it's often a standard zoom like an 18 to 55. It's often, not always, but more often than not, lower quality than other lenses in the lineup of that manufacturer. It's a starter lens, right? Because they want you to upgrade to a better quality lens once you, you get into their system. You have wide angle lenses. These are not really standardized, but they're often in the 16 to 35 millimeter range, and they can often be used for landscape or architecture. You have a standard zoom, which is in the range of 24 to 70, 35 to 70. Again, depends on manufacturer. And these are often great lenses for street, travel, or portrait photography. You have your telephoto lens. Uh, 70 to 200 is one that's often in this range. That's great for portraits and travel. And then you have long range zooms, uh, 100 to 300, 100 to 400. I think Sony a couple of years ago came out with a 200 to 600. These are great for wildlife or travel photography. So those are your sort of standard zooms. But there are some specialty lenses that some people may be interested in. You have something called a fisheye lens. And this has often a, a very rounded front element, usually less than 15 millimeters. And it creates a very distorted view of the world. And, and this can be used to great effect for abstract and creative purposes, but it has its limitations. A tilt shift lens comes in various focal lengths and is often used for architecture and fine art photography. And the beauty of a tilt shift lens is that you can manipulate the optics of the lens to alter the perspective of your final image. Um, meaning, if I want my lines to be completely straight up and down and I'm taking some architectural photography, I can do that in the lens rather than in my post-production 
um, you know, software. So that's an advantage. However, these are quite specialized and often quite expensive. Macro lenses, we just had a little workshop um, on macro photography in the club. These come in various focal lengths, uh, 60, 65, 80, 90, 100, 105 millimeter. And this allows you to get close-up or life-size shots of smaller things or detailed elements of things. Uh, I love macro photography and macro lenses. Long-range lenses. I'm going to categorize this as 500 millimeters or longer. And these are great for birds or wildlife. Although I did mention Sony has a 200 to 600 zoom. Typically, these long-range lenses are uh, prime lenses. So a 500 millimeter prime. You can only imagine, and if you own one, you don't have to imagine how expensive these are. I've seen them, uh, you know, sometimes used, uh, I've seen a 500 millimeter used lens for $10,000, a Canon uh, 500 millimeter prime. They are great for birds and wildlife and so on, but super expensive, super big, super heavy, and so quite specialized in terms of their usage. But if you're making money as a, a bird or wildlife photographer, of course, they're your bread and butter. Okay, a, a final word here. Every lens has its limitation. Uh, but they all have what's known as the sweet spot, which is an aperture setting, typically around f8, where the lens renders the sharpest images and the best colors. So play around with the lenses that you have or that you like and find out where the sweet spot is for your lens. That's a really quick rundown on some lens basics. I mean, there are books written about this stuff, of course. But remember, all of the things that I've mentioned today depend on the type of sensor you have. Is it full frame? Is it crop? Is it micro four, four thirds? And who the manufacturer is, right? Uh, Sony, Nikon, Canon, so on. I didn't mention this, but I also, I want to end with just the idea that there's a whole other world of vintage lenses that can be adapted to modern camera bodies. And they bring many other factors into play, but they are a lot of fun to experiment with. And whatever lens or lenses you have, I encourage you to experiment with their limitations and with finding the sweet spot. I'm a big fan of vintage lenses on my Fuji cameras. And if you have a mirrorless body, uh, I'm going to suggest you consider getting a cheap vintage lens to experiment with and have fun. I also want to mention... Just before I wrap up today, I have some interviews in the works coming up, one with a club member, uh, one with a member of another island club, and one with the owner of Camera Canada, which I'm really looking forward to interviewing uh, him. And that's it for today. I will talk to you in July, and hopefully you have a great June, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to Pixels, a podcast brought to you by the Harbour City Photography Club, located in beautiful Nanaimo, British Columbia. The show is researched, written, produced, edited, and hosted by Lee Nice. This has been a Neesley Dunn podcast production.